Praise God. Praise God. We're going to start right out, jumping right into the word of God here. Why don't we go in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We cannot move forward with a sermon or a message without making sure that whatever is being said is grounded well in the word of God. So therefore we turn to the word of God for for all guidance in our lives. Amen. Praise the living God. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're just going to zero right in to verse number 7. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7. By, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So it says there in seven, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear and prepared an ark. So in other words, what God was calling him to do, he didn't have any evidence of what God was saying. But yet still he moved on and did by faith what God was calling him, calling him to do. That's what we're going to talk about today, faith. Do you have faith in God? I start by asking, do you have faith in God? And also I say to you, do you trust in God? Then I say to you, I ask you the question, is there a difference? Is there a difference between you having faith in God and your trust in God? Do you believe that they are the same, faith and trust? Do you believe that they are indeed different? Well, today I'm here to tell you that there is a difference. And today we're going to find out what the difference is between faith and trust. So now if we go to Genesis, Hebrews here was making reference to Noah. Let's go to the actual account. Let's go to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, chapter 6. Praise the living God. Noah stepped out in faith, not knowing exactly what God was saying. God told him to do something, and he simply stepped out and obeyed him. Through faith. Genesis, chapter 6. Verse number 12. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt abide, shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of, of it fifty cubits, the height of it thirty, thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make uh, to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt, shalt, shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall make uh, they shall be male and female 
of fowls after their kind and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of, uh, of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And, thou, uh, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food and for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Please underline verse 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him to do. So we see here that God gave Noah some instruction. And I'm sure this thing called rain that he was talking about flooding the earth with, Noah probably did a whole lot of head scratching. He was living in a landlocked area. There wasn't really any water nearby. The Bible talks about in those days it didn't really rain, but it said that a mist went up and watered the earth. So Noah probably did a whole lot of head scratching. What is this that he's talking about? I have no evidence of anything that God could be saying here. But by faith, Noah stepped out and did what God said told him to do. Verse 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God, God commanded him, so did he, did he. There's been a lot of sermons many times on faith, so we all know about having faith. But in order to live the victorious life that God wants for us, we need to know the difference between faith and trust. Between faith and trust. Noah had faith in God, but did he actually trust God? So what is the difference? We're going to talk about that today. Faith is a noun. Faith is a noun. Faith is something that we have. As God reveals himself in his love to us, this knowing of him in our head, which is head knowledge, and in our heart, which is our, our belief in him, it's the substance, it's our evidence of him and his, and his love. Hebrews 11.1, 1, if we go there briefly, go to briefly uh, Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you, Jesus. There we go. Hebrews 11. Okay, Hebrews 11, verse number one, a very familiar scripture here, a renowned scripture, is uh, um, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, of things not seen. You see, so faith is, is, is in our head, it's, it's having that head knowledge, but it's also it's in our heart. Faith is the substance of things that are hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When God told Noah to go and build the ark, he had to have some faith in his heart because he could not see. He did not see what God, what God was telling him to build. He could not envision that God was telling him to build this huge vessel to put all of these animals in, but he still just simply embarked upon what God is telling him to do. So faith is that substance, the things that's hoped for, things not seen. Faith says, I know him and believe. When you say that you have faith, what you're basically saying is that I know God, I know of God, and I believe. Faith is believing in something without having any visible evidence of it coming to pass. Faith is you having, having belief and faith in God in bringing something to pass, even though there's no evidence at all in front of you of this thing coming to pass. When you may sit down at your desk or at home in your easy chair thinking about what it is that God said he's going to do or what it is that you're praying for and you're believing God for it, there is no evidence at all of what you are praying for coming to pass. 
You may, you, you, if it's a financial thing, you may sit down with a spreadsheet and your calculator and try and figure it out and you just can't figure out how these numbers are going to add up. If it's illness or infirmity, you may cannot see because the doctors are telling you one thing. You cannot see for, for the life of you how this thing could come to pass, how there could be healing or there could be financial victory. But faith says, I know him and therefore I believe. Faith is believing in something that is not any, doesn't have any visible evidence of it coming to pass. But faith is not trust. Faith is still not the same thing as trust. Trust is used in Scripture as a verb. In Scripture, trust is used as a verb. We said faith is a noun. Faith is something that we have. Trust is something that is a verb. A verb we know from, from basic English in school, back in elementary school. A verb is something that portrays action. It's something that has action involved. So trust is, is actually a verb. Faith is a noun. Trust is a verb because it shows some action. Trust is something that we actually do once you have the faith. Trust is faith in action. It is the manifestation of our faith by our thoughts and our actions. So in other words, you have faith that God can do something, but then, but, but then do you trust him to actually do it? And you can't say that you really trust God unless you start acting out in that faith. Because the trust requires that you, the faith requires that you take some action. That you move from simply having faith in God to actually, actually trusting God. And, and, and uh, <clears throat> uh, trust is faith in action. It's that manifestation, I'll repeat, of our faith in our thoughts and actions. While faith says God can, trust says God is and he will. And therefore, I will think and I will act accordingly. Okay? Trust, uh, 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 having faith, as you may have heard me say this little analogy before, is, is uh, watching a man in a wheelbarrow and a tightrope a tight walk across Niagara Falls. Or walking across the Grand Canyon. Being that this guy's track record is that he has been able to do this a whole lot of times, and they ask you, someone will ask you, do you think he can do it? And yes, indeed, I say, I believe, I have faith, I believe that he can take that wheelbarrow and walk across that wire across the Grand Canyon. That's you having faith that he's able to do it. Trust, however, trust comes in when someone says, okay, if you've got faith that he can do it, you get in that wheelbarrow, you sit in that wheelbarrow and let him wheel you across that wire on the Grand Canyon. Having faith that he can do it and trusting him to take your life and wheel you across might be two different things, be two different things. So we can say that we have faith in God knowing that you believe that he can do it, but do you trust God that he will actually do it? Do you trust God that he will put you in that wheelbarrow and take you across that tightrope in your life that right now may be manifesting itself in terms of finances, uh, illness, uh, challenges, a dream come true or something that you're hoping and dreaming for? Do you have the trust that trust? By, 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 by showing trust the verb, do you have the trust in God that he is able to do it? I have faith, but do you have trust in him? So let's learn about trust. Go to uh, James. James chapter 2. Praise the living God. James 2. Okay, James chapter 2, and we'll start with verse number 14. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can a faith save him? Let's read that again. What does it profit, or what does it benefit, my brethren? What does it benefit, though a man says that he has faith 
and has not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and any one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needed to the, needed to the body, what does it profit or what does it benefit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is indeed dead, is dead, being alone. In other words, there, someone came up to you and they were freezing and it's snowing outside and you say to him, okay, he rings the doorbell and he's standing there in shorts and a t-shirt and no socks and no shoes and it's snowing down a blizzard outside. The wind is blowing outside your doorway and you say, God bless you, go forth and be warmed. What good is it unless you give him some clothing to go along with that? Okay. So what this is the word of God here is saying then for you to say that you have faith and don't actually do something about it. How is that going to benefit you? How is it going to profit you? You need to show need to back up your faith by taking some action. Even verse 17 again. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Yeah, a man may say thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Please, please underline, I will show thee my faith by my works. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So in other words, again, what that is saying, if you're saying that you have faith in God for something, then you will act according to what that belief is. You have your car keys in your pocket and you can have all the faith in the world that your car keys will open the door to your car and start the ignition. You can drive home. But if you actually take if you don't take any action by going to your car, inserting those keys in the door and into the ignition and driving away, then you're not going to get home. You can sit here all day long in this sanctuary and say, yeah, I believe that that car can get me home. That's my car outside. I believe it can get me home, but it's not going to get you home unless you activate back up that statement by actually doing something about it. Well, so it is with the things, the things of God. If God is saying to you that I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless your resources, I'm going to bless your home, I'm going to bless your job, and this is what I'm going to do. Therefore, what I want you to do on a daily basis is to get up and do this and get up and do that. If you sit back and you say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why should I go out there and put those keys in the car? Why should I put those keys in the car to turn the ignition and you don't act on it? Then you having faith in God to do that without some action on your part, then your, your faith is dead. Your faith is dead. Because if you really have faith and you trust God to do what he said he's going to do, then you're going to act accordingly. You're going to act accordingly. You're not going to stand back and stay and stay on this side of the street when God is saying, I want you to go over there to the other side of the street. You're not going to be able to succeed and do what God wants you to do unless you take some action. When God says, I'm going to bless you on the other side of the street, you've got to trust God. Do do I have faith that God's going to bless me on the other side of the street? Yes, I do. Do I trust God to actually do that? Well, maybe I'll stay on this side of the street and wait until I see what's going to happen over there before I actually go over there on the other side of the street. There's no evidence on the other side of the street that God is going to bless me. Do I faith that that he will? Yeah, I do. I do. But I'm going to say stay over here on this side where it's safe. So you stay over here on this side where it's safe and you never get to take the action. You never step out in faith in trust and doing what God is calling you to do. This is faith being dead. 
this faith being dead. You can tell your friends and your relatives and all those at work and around you and everything, oh, yes, I have faith in God. I have faith in God. I do all, boy, I, I do this and that. Yes, so when it comes down to you trusting God to do what he actually is calling you to do, when there's no evidence, when there is no evidence, when there is no evidence, when there is no evidence of seeing how exactly that's going to happen, then that's not trusting God. Therefore, your so-called faith is actually dead. It's dead because by your works, you're not showing that you trust God. There's faith, which is the noun. Yes, I have faith. There's the trust, then, which is the action. It's the verb. It's the action that shows how it is that I'm going to trust God. Okay? So many times we will stand back and we'll tell others, others when we start talking about our love for the Lord and our Christianity. Do you believe that God is? Yes, I believe that. Do you believe in, in, uh, in evolution? No, I do not. Do you believe in reincarnation? No, I do not. Do you believe in all sorts of crazy things? No, I do not. I believe in God. I believe in God. Do you have faith that God is going to profit you? Do you have faith that God is going to, to bring what you're praying for, for to pass, to pass within his will? Oh, yes, I got all this faith. But then when it comes down to you, between you and God, doing what he's calling you, to do, how much do you trust him to actually step out and do that? You see? See? The thing is, you need to stop and think about that because the time in your life might come where it's going to require you to to exercise and show your trust in God, the verb, the action, not just your faith. The time may come in your life, especially the way things are going today. And when God has talked about 2020 being a year of journeys for us, spiritual and physical journeys, the time may come where you're going to actually have to exercise that verb, the trust in God, to activate that faith that you claim that you have. You see, when the rubber, when the rubber meets the road, you see, um, faith kind, faith kind of keeps us in that deep spiritual realm of God. Oh, yes, Lord. Praise the Lord. I love you, Lord. I have faith in you. I have faith in you. And it keeps us in that spiritual kind of realm, the spiritual feeling of having faith. What brings it into reality when the rubber really, really meets, hits the road and the metal lifts the pedal and all those expressions, when it really comes to bear down in actuality in real life. Because you may have this faith in the spiritual realm and in your mind or in your heart, but what brings it down to reality here on planet Earth is your trust in God. And that's when you actually do something. You can have the spiritual faith, but if here on planet Earth and God says to you, you just, you know, walk into McDonald's over there and you sit in the third booth. I want you to sit there in the third booth and wait because I'm going to send somebody there to, to minister to you. I'm going to send somebody there that you need to minister to. And you sit there and you say, well, that does not make sense. Why would God have me go sit in the third booth in McDonald's at six o'clock to do that? That makes no, what connection is there with this thing that I'm praying for? What connection is there with this thing that where, where I can't typically see, I really can't see how this is going to come to pass, pass, but I've got faith in God to do it. I've got faith in him to do it. And then God gives you an instruction to go sit in McDonald's in the third booth. And you say, well, that does not make sense. And you don't do it. You see, that's where you bring the trust in God, the verb, the trust, the action in God. That's when you put it to work. And by you just simply going there and saying, okay, God, you said to do that. And I know that if you're telling me to do that, it's for a reason. So I'm going to trust you to bring it to pass. And you just get up and you don't question anybody. You don't question God. You don't answer any questions. Well, why are you going to sit in the third booth at McDonald's at six o'clock? God said to do so. 
And maybe even you're trusting God. Maybe God wants you to tell that person exactly that. But sometimes when God is telling us to do something, I'm not saying that every single time God wants you to share what he's telling you to do. But there may be a particular occasion, though, where God may want to see how bold you are. And for you to tell that person, I'm going to sit in that booth, that third booth, because God told me to tell me to to do so. And I'm going to have enough faith and trust in him to actually carry out that action. You see, so, so, so faith without works is dead. Verse 18 again. Yea, a man may say thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Okay, so just because you may say that you believe that there is one God does not make you so holier than thou and does not make you so um, super spiritual or so super faithful because you simply say, I believe in God. You get into a conversation with someone and you want to show how pious and how holy you are and everything. And you start talking about, of course, I believe in God. I have faith in God. Of course, I believe in God. What does the scripture here say? Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. But the devils also believe and they tremble. The devil believes that there's a God. The devil knows that there's a God. He better believe it. He knows. And he trembles because he's worried about what's going to happen in the final chapter of the book. Okay? He's worried about that, you see? So just because you say that you're super spiritual and you're super faithful, if you don't actually have these works to back up your faith, showing your trust in God, then you're no different than another devil. I mean, this is not my words. Thou believest that there is one God. That's good. You do well. Well, guess what? The devils also believe and they tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Uh, Underline number 20. But will you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? So it's great for you to say you believe in God. It's great to say, oh, yes, I have faith in God. It's great to say all of those wonderful things. Well, the, the devils also know that there's a God. Okay, but what separates you from that? Do you act on the word of God? Do you actually do? Do you trust God to do what he's telling you to do? The demons know that there's a God, but do they act? Do they take that verb and, and act and do act and, and act in terms of what God is telling them or wanting them to do? Not no way. No way at all. Amen. Amen. So faith without works is dead. So without those works, then that means that there is some level of distrust in God. The person who claims to be a Christian but lives in willful disobedience to Christ with a life that shows no works has a false or a dead faith. Okay, let me read that again. The person who claims to be a Christian but lives in willful disobedience to Christ with a life that shows no works or trust in God has a false or a dead faith. James, the book of James is clearly making a contrast between two different types of faith. True faith that saves and false faith that is dead. Because faith without works, he is saying here, is dead. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Praise the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 7. I don't know how many times, how many times we all have Christian, we all as Christians have been to the place where someone has come to us for some spiritual advice. Where someone has come to us and out of the blue, they start um, revealing to you something that's going on in their life. And we as Christians give them good advice. 
we give them good scriptural advice based on the word of God. This is what you need to do. This is what you should do. If God told you to do this, then this is what you should do. And then all of a sudden, a few hours, a couple of days, maybe a few weeks go by. And all of a sudden, a situation pops up in our lives. And God is giving us something. God gives us a word. God speaks to us through his spirit to our spirit. And we hear this down inside. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you, the action I want you to take. And then what do we do is we then start back paddling, start back paddling. We start slowing down and, and shying away from that action that God has told us to take. And many times, if you are really truthful with yourself and truthful with Holy Spirit, you would have been told at those points in, in your life, at some point in your life as a child of God, you will have a reminder from Holy Spirit. You will have a reminder pop up in your spirit from Holy Spirit. That reminder will be saying to you, do you remember that you told so-and-so to go and do this? Do you remember how you quoted my words? This is Holy Spirit speaking to you. And you told this other person to go and do this, that you need to follow what God is telling you to do. Now, here you have an issue in your life. You've been praying to the Father and God is giving you an answer. God is giving you some direction. And now all of a sudden, guess what? You are not doing it. You are not exercising that verb, that trust. You're not taking the action. But yet still, two weeks ago, two days ago, you gave such wonderful advice to someone else. You need to do what you told someone else to do. You see? And many times as Christians, we need to stop and reflect on that a little bit. Because sometimes we as Christians, we will get some, and we, you'll feel it in your spirit when you, when you feel God giving you, giving you a word or giving you some advice to give, to give to someone else. You know that this is God speaking through you at the particular time. But then all of a sudden, though, when the tables turn around, and if there's a very similar need in your life, or it may not be a similar need, but it may be a need in your life, then all of a sudden you don't do the way you told that person to do. You don't step up and take the action the way you told that person to take that action. So if we're not careful as Christians, I don't care how long you've been a child of God, you know, whether, whether, whether it's been eight days or, 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 or 80 years, we all get to that place because we are in a challenge in life and the devil would love for us not to take that action, not to exercise that trust and not to show our faith by our works that we many times will shy away from doing what it is God is wanting us to do. So while you can say all day that I am so spiritual, I am so pious, I am so holy, I have faith in God, I believe that there's a God, I don't believe in evolution, I don't believe that I believe only in the true and the only God, I have that faith. Yes, though, when God tells you to do something, you hesitate to do it, then the lack of that action is making your faith die. Faith without works is dead. So don't go pontificating that I have so much faith in God when you're not willing to actually carry it out. Um, what did I say? Matthew chapter 7, praise the living God, and verse number 16. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they... Oh, I'm sorry, wait, that's 6, sorry. Matthew 7. <laughs> I knew that did not make sense. Matthew 7, verse number 16. 
Okay. We go to 15. Start with verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of them or figs or thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Please underline that again, please. By their fruits you shall know them. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Underline the word doeth. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have have, uh, cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? But then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. The person who claims to be a Christian but lives in willful disobedience to Christ with a life that shows no works has a false or a dead faith. Has a false or a dead faith. Okay? James is clearly making a contrast between two different types of faith. <clears throat> a dead faith and a false faith. Many profess to be Christians, but their lives and their priorities indicate otherwise. Jesus put it this way. By their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. Okay? So this again, by, by their fruits, by their actions. How is a person living? That's how you're going to tell. All right? If you see one person that's always talking this kind of stuff over here, but then when it comes down to actually doing something, actually taking some steps and then not doing it, by their fruits, by their actions, you shall know them. You know, I certainly question many people, and I'm not saying this in a way to sound judgmental, because I don't judge, God does the judgment. But you have seen many people, and you've known many people that will say many things with their mouths. They will confess many things with their mouths. They will say many things about how faithful they are, and I keep using the word pious, how holy they are, and how scriptural they are. But yet still, by their fruits, by their actions, you will know them. And many times when the people are not really, 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 really being obedient to the word of God, not really being obedient to the Holy Spirit or what Jesus is telling them to do, you will see by the fruits of their lives, you will see by the fruits of their actions, you will see by the way they carry themselves on the job, in the neighborhood place, or, or just in, in family involvement or whatever it may be, you will see that by their actions, by their fruits, you shall know them. Okay, by their actions and and how their lifestyle, what 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 is manifesting in their lives, you will actually reveal exactly what is going on in them. The level of faith that they have, the level of commitment to the Lord, the level of following the word of God. You'll see that by their fruits you shall know them. And the word of God, it starts off there saying in verse 15, Beware of many false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. So by the actions that you see in people's lives will give you some insights into what in, in, in the fruit that they're bearing or the lack of fruit that they're not bearing will give you some insight into what kind of life that they're living. 
You see? You see? You see? See? So, so, so in other words, you can't be out there espousing all these godly Christian type things, saying all the, 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 the godly Christian type words, the buzzwords, okay? Because, you know, you know, God will not be mocked. And you can carry out your life talking all of these godly things, but deep down inside, in, 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 in the final analysis, when all doors are closed and everyone's gone home from your house, you're being disobedient to the will of God. You're being disobedient to God. Your life is not going to bear fruit because your works are not doing what God is calling you to do. You see, you see, so, 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 and those fruits will be revealed eventually, eventually. You know, whatever is done in darkness will be revealed by the light. Okay, there are many false prophets out there. There are many people out there who are claiming to be, and I hate to say it, but there are many people that are claiming out there to be such pious, holy Christians. And now again, they use all of the buzzwords. They say all of the things that are popular to be said today if you're, if you're to be a Christian. You know, how many times have you seen, you know, because I certainly don't watch all of the, those uh, um, Academy Awards and uh, all of those, uh, what do you call it, musical uh, award shows and whatnot. But I, I see the little clips that they show, the highlights. And how many of them get up there at all and right away they start saying, oh, I want to thank God. I want to do this. Got these big old crosses hanging around their neck and whatnot. But by their fruits, when you, when you look at their lives, what kind of lives they're leading, okay? Hollywood. You look at the lives that they're leading. You look, you look at the hypocrisy that is present in their lives, okay? By their fruits, you shall know them, you see? Many false prophets out there today, many, many people out there are, are, are not who they are trying to say that they are because they simply want to use the buzzwords today of being a Christian, Okay? But if you are really, really a Christian and you've got this faith in God, then that means that you're going to take it to the next level. You have that faith as a noun, but then you'll also use that trust as a verb to do the action that God is calling you to. You see, you see and you're not going to be able to survive in this, in, in this life and as Jesus continues to tarry until you get that deeply, deeply, deeply rooted in your spirit. That you've got to actually take some action, in other words, to show what your faith is all about. You go to Matthew 21. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 21. Faith without works is dead. You know, and, 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 and I, will, I will just deviate just a, a, a little bit to also say that um, the faith without works is dead. We should clearly not get that confused which talks about works in terms of where there are many Christians think that simply by by works, they will get salvation by works. They can be saved by the things that I do. OK, yes, still they leave the lead the life of a hellion outside of church. But while they're in church and when they're talking to other Christians, they've got all of these again, the, the, the words and the things that they do. You can be tied in a million bucks a month. You can be a member of every single church committee that there is. You can be on the deacon's board. You can be a pastor. You can be so involved, okay? And you're doing, you're doing all of these works. But deep in your heart of heart, deep in your spirit, you're not doing what God is calling you to do. You're not exercising faith. You're not exercising trust in God. You're not following what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. You're not keeping Jesus or, or, or commandments or his words. Because you think that by, by the things that I do, it's going to make me holy and acceptable to God. How many times have you heard people say, oh, 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 I'm, I'm a good person. I'm a, I'm a good person. 
I've even heard people actually say on television there when they're being interviewed, I'm a good person, and matter of fact, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual person. But you can be a spiritual person and believe in reincarnation. You can be a spiritual, a, a spiritual person and be a follower of Satan himself. Being a spiritual person doesn't mean anything. Have you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and said, do you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God and that he died for your sins, that he saved? He, he is the author of salvation. Do you believe that? Oh, but I'm a good person. I don't rob banks. I give my money away. I give to the food bank. I give to this. I do that. I do this. I do that. But do you keep the commandments of God? Do you do what Holy Spirit is calling you to do? How deep is your faith? How deep is your trust? Amen. Amen. So don't confuse when this is saying that faith without works is dead. This is not talking about about the concept of you, of you, uh, 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 your works uh, uh, giving you favor with God or giving you salvation. This is not that at all. This is simply saying here that if you've got faith in God, then you prove it by showing your action, by trusting God and taking the action that God is calling you to do. Amen. Matthew 21 and verse number 28 But what think thee, Matthew 21, verse 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in any vineyard. Go work today, I'm sorry, work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Please underline in verse 29, by the way, where it says he repented and went. And then in verse 30, underline and went not. Whether of them twain, which one of the two did the will of his father? They say unto him, the first. Jesus saith unto them, verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto me in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And you, when you, uh, when you had been, when you had seen it, repented not afterward that you might believe him. Okay? So John there is saying, therefore, for unto you, uh, unto you in the way of righteousness, you believed him not. You did not, you did not believe what Jesus was talking about. But the publicans and the harlots did indeed believe him. And you, when you had seen it, you didn't repent. It repented not afterwards that you might believe him. You see, you see, so we see here, see that acting, um, that we must do what God, acting on our faith is doing, doing the will of God. Many profess to be Christians, but their lives and their priorities indicate otherwise. Okay, so we have to make sure that we're acting on our faith. If we go to Luke 7 here, in closing, Luke numbers, Luke 7. And 46 through 49. Matter of fact, go up, go up to 40, 44. Go up to 44. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time that, that I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My, he, my head with oil didst not 
thou anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved me much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same uh, loveth little. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Same loveth little. Showing how much we love God and by our actions will go a long way. Will go a long way. We can put on all the perfunctory outward things and whatnot and, again, saying all of the right words and saying, taking, quote, unquote, the so-called actions. But in the final analysis, how much do you love the Lord and how much are you willing to be obedient, obedient to what he's calling you to do? Obedience to God by acting on your faith is the mark of true saving faith. James uses the examples of Abraham and Rahab to show the types of work that demonstrate salvation. And both of these examples are of people who obeyed God in faith. So, again, in the final analysis is if you have that faith, are you willing to obey God by taking the actions and having the trust in him to do what he's calling you to do? See, and that's really the challenging thing here. We can say all day long and we can listen to people all day long that say they have faith. But judging by their actions, judging by the way they actually do things on a day to day basis, how much do they trust God? How much do they trust God to really to, to, to dominate in their lives? You know, you know, I, again, I see so many people who will say one thing. And then when you look at their lifestyle and you look, you know, and, and when I say struggles, we all have struggles. Jesus said that there will be tribulations. He didn't say if he said when. We all have tribulations. We all have challenges. All right. But the difference between us and them who are not exercising trusting God will be exactly that. They're not exercising that trust in God. They're saying one thing with their mouths. They're confessing one thing with their mouths. But by their actions, by the, the, the by their works, they're not doing what God is calling them to do. You see, you see. And also that can also be in, in, in another direction, too. We can also not be doing what God is calling us to do. But by our actions, many times we could be doing what God is telling us not to do by our actions, by our actions. God is telling us not to do this. Don't go there. Don't do this. But we wind up doing it anyway. So, again, in that sense, in that regard, your works could be indeed killing your faith or negating your faith. Amen. Amen. Faith without works is dead. Praise the living God. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.